0: You're listening to The Trailblazers Podcast, episode 31 with Ed Nareen.
1: You're listening to The Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. Today, our featured guest is a lifelong college friend of mine, Representative Edwin Noreen. Ed is a dedicated member of the Tampa Bay community, and he served in various civic leadership roles for more than two decades now. Ed moved to Tampa in 1994 to attend the University of South Florida. Go Bulls! There, he was elected president of the student body, and that's where he and I first worked together, and I actually served in Ed's cabinet there. While at USF, he's also voted USF's first fall homecoming king. He helped develop the first student-driven United Way campaign, and he received the Department of Student Affairs' first student leadership award. Ed's worked with several organizations that are committed to helping children and the working poor. He's a life member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Professionally, Ed is a a regional director with AT&T and is a three-time Florida Top Performance Manager of the Year. Ed earned a a BA in psychology and an MBA from St. Leo University and his law degree from Stetson University. In November of 2014, he was elected to the Florida House of Representatives as a state representative for District 61. And while there as a freshman legislator, he was elected chairman for the Florida Legislative Black Caucus, earned the Florida Counties Association champion award and receive a coveted distinguished advocate award from the florida chamber of commerce he's married to his wife monica a public school teacher and together they have two young daughters ed is presently running for the florida state senate district 19 race and so without further delay here's the one and only ed narain edwin thank you so much for being our guest on today's episode
1: oh thank you for having me
0: on it's exciting to have you on. I've pretty much, you've been an inspiration for me, even setting this uh, podcast in place, man. You're one of the the people I thought of uh, when when we were putting this all in place. And I've been wanting to get you on all year, man. You're a busy guy. So I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited that we finally get a chance to chat.
1: Uh, thank you. Well, I'll do my best not to disappoint you.
0: <laughs> nah, man. No such thing. <laughs> so before we get going, I've found it. To be a great starting point uh, where we talk about gratitude a bit, right? So I'd love you to share with us what you're most grateful for in your life right now.
1: I got to tell you, it's a a few things. You know, first and foremost, top of mind is, you know, health and and life and strength. Uh, Just yesterday, I had to um, with some family members, we, we put our money together to airlift my uncle, who was vacationing in Rotan, and took severely ill to airlift him back here to uh, Florida to get some emergency medical treatment. And you know, it's a, it's a very scary situation when you get that call that, that somebody is you know at death's door almost, right. and you got to find the resources to bring them back. So we're just glad that you know he got a, he got into place last night, you know, in the hospital, and they're taking care of him. So it always makes you really appreciate life, right? right. You know you bring a child into the world takes 9 months somebody can be gone in 9 seconds so you know right now I'm most grateful for that but traditionally it's 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 my family i mean you know my mom and dad have been a great inspiration uh, to me and my brothers and you know to be married now almost 10 years in october my two girls i mean you know i look at my life and everybody says don't you want a boy and i'm like yes and no but it's perfect god has just he's done some amazing things um uh, with my family and i'm i'm really really grateful for that Appreciate
0: you sharing that. I will keep your uncle in prayer. Please. Thank you. Uh, So, you know, for everyone listening, Edwin and I attended undergrad together at the University of South Florida in Tampa. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. And and, uh, I actually served under Edwin when he ran student government at USF back way back when, right? Like 97. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh man don't don't remind me it's, it's, it's been coming up on 20 years man that's, right that's so that's crazy. what i was gonna say
0: you know it's like 20 years ago right that that we've known each other on you know back when wow we had like inaugural season of football right
1: yes sir uh, so those are some good times
0: great times man but, you know, I'm not the least bit surprised that you are in the position you are today uh, a state re- as a state representative for the Florida House. And you're now actually running for a seat with the state Senate, correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. Um, you know, the funny thing is, despite being the student body president way back in 1997, um, where Camilla Oliphant was my vice president, we made history statewide. It was it was a, it was a great time. It really was. Um, you know, there was some experiences in government that I kind of just said, you know, I don't want to do this in my life. And I stepped away. And, you know, I was like, like you, I had to work my way through school. So I had my odd jobs and eventually got into wireless working for AT&T for the last 14 and, and, and a quarter years. Wow. And, you know, the, the call to serve was always, there so i volunteered on a lot of committees i was a, a member of a ton of boards here in town and people would always say you should run for office you should run for office i would be like no i don't want that i don't want that pressure but then about three years ago i was you know coming out of an elevator with my boss and we weren't talking about anything political at all and he just looks at me and he's like you really should run for office really and i was like you can't be serious yeah my boss at at&t you know, it kind of kind of made me think that, you know, if all these people are telling me this, maybe there's something to it. And so the uh, state representative position was opening up. It was an open seat. Uh, my predecessor was term-limited out. And uh, I talked to people in the community just to get a gauge for it. And they said, absolutely, you should run. And it was a tough race, but we, we pulled it off, a four-person race with 42% of the vote. And, you know, I'm hoping for the same results here. There's I mean, the, the, this, this race is very similar to the last one. So an opportunity to do more for the community.
0: Ed, was there a specific moment, you know, in your life when you actually realized that this is what you were born to do?
1: I'll be—I'll be very honest. I don't know that I've even reached that point that I know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I—I I got in this, and I—I I simply see serving in government as an opportunity to serve the people at a a higher level. You know, I can do more. When somebody comes to me with like a major problem, we can, you know, get get the wheels in motion to resolve it. You know, this past year in session, we were able to bring back millions of dollars. um, For example, for the Tampa Heights Community Civic Association, they have a, a, a center and the kids go there after school and we had this major project that's coming through to expand the roadways and it was going to tear up this community center that people had put their time and efforts in. So being able to bring back, you know, $1.2 million to relocate that center so the kids still have some place to play, you know, that's where I see my mission, being able to speak truth to power mm. and and have people understand that, you know, look, when Ed Rain is speaking to you about something, he's telling you it from his heart. He's telling you the truth and he's advocating for somebody else. So I can't tell you that. I know this is where I'm supposed to be I do feel like I'm doing a little bit of God's work here and making a difference in in people's lives so as long as I'm doing that you know I'll be involved the minute I feel like I'm not making a difference I'll just go back to being Zahara and Elena's dad that's
0: that's the most important job right at all times
1: the the most important
0: job absolutely you shared a little bit just a minute ago but what was probably some of the biggest things you've learned about yourself since taking the state representative seat a couple years ago
1: you know being a state legislator is hard because you're 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 in a part-time position so you still have to maintain your day job unless you're independently wealthy and my company has been extremely uh, flexible and understanding and is worth with me I mean we had three special sessions last year nobody predicted that um so I think the one thing that I've learned about myself through the entire process is you know that that I'm a leader um you know there are times in your life where you kind of doubt that you can you know serve in a lot of leadership positions and you can win all these awards but until you know people People that you looked up to and admired in a process. And then you get in that process and they tap you and say, you really should consider taking on this role. And, um, you know, the most recent example that I have is chairing the Legislative Black Caucus. I mean, Florida is the third largest state in the country. And here I am walking in as a freshman legislator and I had about seven people approach me and say, you know, Ed, you really should think about, you know, leading the caucus. You know, we like what you've been able to do. We trust you. We believe in you. And here's something that wasn't even on my radar. And, you know, I thought for a little bit and I was like, can I really do this? I mean, these are people who have years of experience in front of me. Should I really be thinking about running for this position? And, um, you know, I, I kind of overcame my own little bit of doubt about it, ran for it and basically won with an overwhelming <laughs> support from the members. And wow. we did some really good things this year that I'm proud of.
0: So we often don't get to higher places by ourselves, right? In this, this run, especially right now you've had to hire or probably partner with the right people to help get you to Uh where you are right now. How do you actually go about finding the right people for your team?
1: Um, you know, what's great is that a lot of the same people that you may remember from South Florida are helping out on this campaign. You know, Ah. Samicia Bagley has been doing a great job as campaign manager. She was at USF, you know, Delta Extraordinaire, you know, she was a mom doing all kinds of stuff and she's highly organized. So, you know, that helps somebody like me that's jumping from issue to issue all the time, you know, kind of stay focused on what we need to do. But you know, it's always a skill will thing. You know, Samicia is a great person, Um, never ran a campaign before, and I can tell you that that you know she has the will to learn and yeah. in hiring you know for AT&T over the last um 8 years in management one of the things that I've learned is somebody can walk in the door and not necessarily have the skill right. but as long as they have the will to learn you can teach them the skill and so you know and and identifying people mindset. to help the team we're looking for the will mindset if you got the yeah. will mindset we can teach you the skill right.
0: It's very important, man. Mindset attitude goes such a long way. Right. Beyond just mm-hmm. just the raw skill, because you can teach you can teach them what they need to know, you know, but you can't put that that positive mindset and that positive attitude in them.
1: Very, very true. And, you know, attitude makes a difference. It really does.
0: So, man, as far back as I can think, right, you've Mm -hmm. always been this natural, you've had this natural talent to be on stage and those bright lights come on, you know, you're just (laughs) fluid with, you know, speaking so eloquently. And I'm curious, how do you actually prep for really big moments when you're on stage, when you're, you know, speaking to the house? Like, you know, how how do you actually prepare yourself for that?
1: You know, I I think it's like anything else I study. I mean, when I'm in Tallahassee, I really try to know the ins and outs of the bills. I mean, we see a ton of bills during that 60-day session. And, you know, I'll sit down and I'll I'll take the time. I'm not always out, you know, hanging out and that sort of thing. Really try to, to learn What is taking place, or what potentially could take place if we were to pass a bill? And so I'll I'll study the heck out of it. You know I'll sometimes write right there on the floor my comments, which I feel are sometimes the best way to go. But a little bit of nervousness is always a good thing, and that's the one thing that um, people don't realize that all of us elected officials, you know, anybody that does any type of public speaking, you're going to get a little bit of nervousness. And the question is, you know, how do you how do you turn that into you know a a good speech or a good talk? And, And for me, I always uh, kind of hype myself up a little bit, almost like Eminem. <laughs> if you remember the movie Eight Mile and you're right. listening, uh, getting ready to perform uh, Lose Yourself, you know, <laughs> the, the words of that, it kind of gets you real hyped up. But right. it's true. I mean, this is your moment. Everybody's listening to you, this is your chance to advocate. And so I get myself hyped up and then I just, you know, I just do it. And I can't even take all the credit for it. I just think it's, you know, a gift that God gave me is to be able to speak to people and have them understand. So using it to help other people has always been what I wanted to do. I'm blessed to do it.
0: Awesome, man. So, you know, I know you're probably going through you're 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 in the midst of an election season, right? And Oh yeah. <laughs> in the thick of it. Uh I can't imagine how many highs and lows you've probably had to withstand through, you know, an election year to to be able to survive and and get to, you know, the end of this, right? How do you actually remain in a, and we're talking about mindset a a minute ago, how do you actually remain in this confident and positive mindset throughout the pressures of this election season?
1: I'll tell you, um, you know, I start every morning with prayer. You know, mm. and you know, it's not necessarily always on my knees, sometimes it's in the shower. My yeah. wife will be, Who are you who are you talking to? and I'm like, I'm talking <laughs> to God. But uh honest, honestly, you know, prayer is the foundation for everything that I do. Um, you know, I walk in when I walk on the house floor before I speak, I always ask God to make sure that the words that are coming out of my mouth are the words He wants me to deliver. And, you know, that's that's been helpful because politics today it's not so much about what's true, it's what you can get people to believe, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um and so people can smear you. I mean right Right now, I'm in the midst of a nasty smear campaign where someone's accusing me of things that simply just aren't true or taking bits and morsels of the truth and made them out to be these um, mountains. And unfortunately, what happens is, you know, people aren't always looking at the issues. And so they don't know the records. They just, oh, I like that commercial or I like this mail piece. And they vote for candidates, unfortunately, based off of what they see instead of doing their own research. And so it makes it easy for people to manipulate elections, which is unfortunate, but I do have faith in and people, I do believe that at the end of the day, they always see the person who's doing the right thing. And that person usually wins. But um, there's some nasty campaigns out there and, and there's a smear job being run on me like nobody's business. But I do believe, you know, 22 years in this community and all the work that I've put in, people know they know the truth. And at the end of the day, we'll prevail.
0: Standing with you, my man, you will prevail. I'm, I'm positive of that. We all make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> even in politics. Um <laughs> What's maybe if you could share, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what's one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made as a politician and as a leader? Maybe share with us, you know, what happened and what you had to do to overcome it so you could actually move forward.
1: Oh, you would ask me a tough question like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, if if I had asked my wife, she'd probably say that one of the most recent and biggest mistakes that I made was waiting too long to jump into the state Senate race. You know, we talked about doubt earlier and how sometimes doubt can keep you from moving forward. And, you know, she said to me, you know, maybe if you had gotten into the race sooner, some things would have been clearer for some of the other candidates. Mm. And maybe the dynamics wouldn't be playing out the way they have played out with some folks. And that was all a result of not really believing enough in myself, number one, and two, just kind of feeling like, look, you know, you don't want to split a community, you don't want people to be upset, but you do want to do the right thing. And so, you know, it took me a minute to, to make up my own mind. And even after I made up my mind, I had to make sure that this is what God wanted me to do. And I felt after a lot of prayer, you know, just one day I got a piece about the decision. It was something else. It was unlike anything else that I've seen and felt in a while, because when you're doing the right thing for the right reasons... You can move forward and and I don't care what happens. You just keep moving forward. You don't stop. And that's that's the stage that we're at. You know, I know it'll get a little bit rockier, but I feel confident that we're doing the right thing.
0: When is your election day? August 30th. Wow. A lot of people don't
1: realize. Yeah, I don't. I didn't realize that. We're all focused on Hillary and Trump and, uh, you know, we got to make sure we back the right candidate there. But that's not till November. The, The real races that decide people's lives, the county commission and school board and state representatives, those positions are up.
0: Wow. So, you know, none of this happens, right? Without the love and support of your three big reasons. How do you actually (laughs) make time for your wife and children in the midst of this busy election season?
1: I got to tell you, it's the the hardest thing to do, you know, between, you know, working and then running your campaign, you know, meeting all your obligations as a representative and then spending time with your family is very, very difficult. And what I try to do, my wife has been very hands on in this race. You know, two years ago, my daughter was, my youngest daughter was only two, so she couldn't be as hands on. But this time, you know, she, she led our petition efforts and she got us on the ballot in less than 70 days. So I would have to say, when you incorporate your family you know, it, it makes it easier because you're not gone as much in their eyes, even though the girls still want to do things with daddy. I try to, you know, help them by taking them to the Dunkin' Donuts, for example, or, or give them a little treat. Let's go to the movies right quick. And just, you know, making that time, even if it's 30 minutes of watching wrestling tonight, you know, just so they know that daddy's still here and that this too shall pass. So I can't wait to get our family life back in order come come the 30th. All right. Ed what what
0: are so you know you're again you're you're running for office this this podcast episode is going to live on long beyond that right people are going to be listening to this two years from now you know and and probably into you know whatever you do you know years down the road right what are some of the key attributes someone should be looking at Ed Noreen for and why why you why now
1: You know, I think that's a a really good question. Um, I will tell you that I personally only have my children's future in mind when I run for office. You know, there's a lot of us in our generation right now that we're kind of like, we're focused on building our careers and that's important, right? You know, I've spent a long time at AT AT&T now building a career. And when I pivoted to kind of Do this public service thing, people said to me, You're crazy. You're on a path that could have you, you know, as a C level in the next 10 years with the company, but you're making this diversion and there's no money in it. (laughs) You know, there's nothing for you really to do. And I'm like, Well, it's not just about the money, it's about being able to truly. Do something you're passionate about and that's always been helping people but more than helping people I look at my children and I think who's going to advocate for their future because a lot of the politicians that are out there now truly are just about themselves and what they can get out of it and I'm thinking okay who better to shape my children's future and their friends future than me. You know, God gave me this voice. I need to use it. So, you know, I've, I've gotten out there. And you know, when people look back, I think years from now, they'll say, you know what, Ed ain't always told the truth. Maybe I didn't like what he had to say. Maybe I didn't agree with him on this issue. But I know that when he was talking to me, he wasn't lying to me. He was telling me what he genuinely felt at that time. And I, I think that that matters. And it's, mm. it's rare you don't get people that you know just tell you the truth anymore I mean one of the things that I tell my wife all the time is I get in trouble because I'm honest with people and I hope history will reflect that I was always honest with people I always told the truth
0: uh, so we're almost at the end of our time with you but you know I wanted to have you share some of your resources with our listeners um, so if you could sure. tell us you know maybe what's one book that you've read in the past that's inspired you most <laughs>
1: Oh, man. I I mean, there's so many. I'm still old school. I I like to touch a book. I've got a Kindle app. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm looking at like 12 books over here on my nightstand right now. Um, You know, the most recent one, we took a trip to California and uh, I took, um, it's an older book, it's called uh, All Labor Has Dignity by Martin Luther King. And it's really just a collection of his speeches, but most of them focused on the labor movement of the 60s. And a lot of people forget that, you know, after a number of the civil rights laws were passed, you know, the Civil Rights Act and then the Voting Rights Act right after that, um, Martin Luther King kind of shifted his message away from equal rights to to more of an economic platform. In the United States of America, when we talk about equality, you know, we don't want anybody denied because of the color of their skin or their race or who they love or any of that stuff. But what we do want is for everybody to succeed, especially economically. and. What I found in reading this book and reading through those speeches is that the same arguments that we're having today politically about where people should be in this world in terms of you know jobs, what type of jobs, skilled labor versus unskilled labor, these debates have been going on for a very long time. But the true equalizer in this country are the two E's is education and economics. And as long as people have access to getting an, uh, an education, they can participate in this economy. And that's what's always made America great, right? You go from any class to the middle class and then hopefully the next generation can move higher. And as you know, it's making sure those things are those those access, those ladder accesses are still in place. And that's what I loved about this book, hearing Dr. King advocate for that. I mean, if you think about it, when he was killed, and assassinated in Memphis, what was he doing? He was advocating for garbage workers, sanitation workers, mm. to have an increase in pay. I mean, it was all about economics. And that's what I think can lift a lot, of, especially black folks in this country. You know, when you look at the poverty statistics and where African-Americans are, you know, they are, we are still very much at the bottom rung when it comes down to income and education. And mm. we have to fix that. We Man. really do. So,
0: Ed, what's something small you've done this month that you're proud of? Uh, something small
1: this month? Well, I always take the trash out on time. No, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm still working on getting that out on time. You know, yesterday was the first day of school here in Hillsborough County, and last year, um, a friend of mine, Demetra Simmons, she was looking at a video from uh, the 100 Black Men in Atlanta, and she said, that would be so cool for us to do in Tampa. And what it was was a clap-in. You know, we go to one of the schools, and we just cheer the kids on for the first day of school. And, you know, kids... Most kids aren't going to be athletes on their high school team or their junior high school team, so they won't know what it's like to have people cheer them on in a game. Right. But you know, to look at their faces when we lined up last year, and I mean, here we're and we didn't just do men; we we had all young professionals from Tampa that wanted to participate. Uh, um, you know, came out. You know, the chief of police was with us last year, and these kids are walking into school, and we're cheering them on, encouraging them to get good grades. And so, obviously, it's a new tradition that we started, and something that we're going to continue to do, mm-hmm. whether I'm in an elected position or not, because I think it's important. For our kids to see um, African-American role models that they don't get to see traditionally. So, you know, to go into the quote-unquote inner city and here's a banker standing next to a lawyer who's standing next to a state representative, you know, we as young professionals represent what these kids could be in the next 10 years. So it was a, it's a small thing, 15, 20 minutes out of our day, but I know it made a difference to those parents and those kids. Dude, I love that. That's
0: awesome. You're giving me ideas.
1: (laughs) Hey, man, run with it. Steal shamelessly because that's what we did.
0: (laughs) That's right. So tell us about an online resource. It could be an app, software, or tool that you use every day and you can't live without it.
1: Man. I would have to say uh, Twitter, as crazy as that sounds. You know, a lot of people think of social media, you know, it's Twitter and Facebook. But for me, it's Twitter because that's where I've gotten all my news from. You yep. know, when I think about, you know, Whitney Houston when she passed or Michael Jackson. Or, well, I don't think it was Michael Jackson so much, as, but I know Whitney Houston. It was like, whoa, this was on Twitter before it was anywhere else. Yes. CNN didn't have it. It was on Twitter. And so... I'm constantly getting updates on what's happening in the world through that. And it's so strange, right? 140 characters. Like, how much could that tell you? It can tell you a A lot. lot. (laughs) So I think that's the one app that, you know, is on my phone that I know I use the most. And then, of course, you know, the Bible app, because when I roll over at five in the morning, and I grab my phone. That's the first thing I try to do is read at least one passage of scripture every morning. Nice.
0: Nice. Good discipline. So, Ed, you're big on volunteering, my man, and before I let you go, you know, I want to know why is volunteering so important to you and giving back of your time, your talents and your treasures?
1: Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's something that I saw my parents do as, as kids, and they were doing this not to set an example for us, but because it was the right thing to do, right? The whole verse, given it, it shall be given unto you. We learned that as little kids, I mean... And so what I do, we, we've we been taking our kids to any community service projects that we can, you know, legally take them to where, the, you know, they won't get in any trouble because we want to set that example for them. You know, when I became a representative a few years ago, I found out about a program that's been around forever called FarmShare, where they literally, you know, bring in this tractor trailer full of food that feeds, you know, 500 people, a thousand people. And we did this last December for the first time. And I mean, it was just amazing in the middle of this food desert in our community that, You know, they brought in fresh vegetables like cucumbers and tomatoes and bread and cases of water. And you think, you know, in America, people aren't hungry, right? They shouldn't be with the richest country in the world. Well, just between Hillsborough and Pinellas County, we got 140,000 kids that are chronically hungry. And that breaks my heart. And so, as long as I can do something to just have an impact on on kids and the elderly, give the kids an edu- a great education, make sure that they can eat, make sure they get off to a good start, and then when they become adults, adults, you know, they should be good adults. If not, we'll figure out a way to make them better. But. And then when seniors, you know, the old expression, once a man, twice a child, you know, we're all going to get old one day, hopefully. And you want somebody to be there to take care of you. So I think it's our obligation. Just watching my parents, man, it's just something I believe in. Everybody should volunteer. It's awesome.
0: Ed, I can't believe, you know, time is running by and we're we're almost to my last question. But before I ask you my last question, I'd love to invite Mm -hmm. you to impart an inspiring message. You've been doing a good job at this all all episode, but impart an inspiring message that can help our listeners to take action when they jump off this episode today.
1: You know, I, I, if, I don't know how inspiring this will be, but I, I always tell my kids, you know, don't say you can't do something, okay. you know. Um, jokingly, I call it the, the three, four letter F words, right? You know, fear, fall and fail. A lot of times, you know, we don't move You know, I didn't jump into this race for whatever the reason. And I think at the time it was like I was fearful of what people would think or what people would say. You know, I was fearful of the fact that I might fail. You know, what happens if I lose? You know, and once you get past all of that, you start to realize that, yes, I can do this. And yes, I should do this. And you just do it. I mean, it's so simple, like Nike's, you know, patented that slogan for a number of years, but sometimes I tell my kids when I get frustrated with them and they say, I'm trying, I'm like, no, you're not trying. You're either doing this or you're not doing it. The right. word trying doesn't exist. <laughs> you're never trying to do something. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. Right. So, you know, anybody who's out there listening to us today, I'll tell you, it took me a long time to to, to make that jump back in the public service. But, um, you know, get rid of that fear. Don't worry about falling. Don't worry about failing. Because if you're doing it, you never know who's watching you and who you're inspiring just by taking that jump, just by making that leap. And so, you know, my, my goal is, you know, to inspire my children one day that they look back and say, wow, dad, you did this and you did that and you changed this. So you mean to tell me it was like this before you did that and now it's like this? You know, you just mm. you just got to try and don't be yeah. afraid. Just just do it, whatever it is.
0: Yes, sir. Edwin Noreen, when it's all said and done, how will the city of Tampa and the state of Florida be different in the years ahead for your daughters because of your service?
1: You know, my hope is that my children decide to go away to college. As much as I'd like for them to go to USF and be bulls, I want them to, you know, venture out a little bit and then come back to Florida. You know, right now our economy is very tourism-based and so the jobs that, you know, you find in other cities, you know, the high-skill, high-wage jobs that you'll find like in Charlotte and in the tech industry out in San Antonio or Atlanta, you know, a lot of kids leave Florida and don't come back because of that. And I want my girls to get that education wherever it might be and then come back to Florida because they want to live here because there's a, a good job here for them where they can build a career. And so I, I believe that by the time my, my service is done in the legislature, we will have found a way to diversify the economy. We will have found a way to lift people out of poverty by paying them a livable wage so that somebody who's working full time doesn't have to struggle to make ends meet, that they can actually afford things like transportation, like a gallon of milk, which is outrageous when you look at the prices today. Right. I mean, nobody should be working 40, 45 hours a week and still needing government assistance. That's That's wrong in a country as rich as the United States of America is and the resources that we have. And hopefully people will see the state of Florida as a place to start a business. You know, where entrepreneurs say, I'm going to Florida because they've got a great regulatory environment. You know, the taxes are low and they love the idea of creating something from scratch in great, beautiful weather where there's absolutely no snow. (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, we do get those unusual (laughs) years. But, um, you know, look, you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat and because of who I work for, people accuse me of being too close to big business and all this other stuff. Let me just share. If you got rid of big business, I mean, how many people are going to have jobs? You're losing thousands of jobs if you got rid of some of these companies. And it's not fair to lump, you know, all, all big companies into the same boat as one or two bad actors that may be out there. What we have to do, though, is to teach people critical thinking skills so that they can think for themselves. And, and so they can create jobs on their own so they can be entrepreneurs. And so I just want to be a change agent for this area. I want young people, especially young African-American people to realize that there really isn't anything holding them back, that no matter how difficult the circumstances are, there's somebody out there that has it harder. And if I can make their way easier by being their next state senator, I'm going to do that, but I want people to feel empowered to achieve in this state. So hopefully that happens.
0: Or believe in it, my brother. So, Absolute. hey, I am inspired. You're picking there me up, it. my man, uh, and I'm, I'm encouraged by you and again you know i'm praying for you we believe that thank this you. race is gonna move in your direction i just want to say thank you man for coming on the podcast today and pouring no problem, into to our community of listeners you're now a, a member of the trailblazer community and you know we look Love forward to, to talking to you in the future right with 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 all the new activities and and happenings this is a milestone that we were able to capture right now and we want to capture some more on the other end right
1: thanks for your faith man i appreciate you and- your patience you know you invited me to come on and i I was like i gotta carve this time out
0: before i let you go i want you to tell us you know tell tell our listeners how they can learn especially for for our listeners in florida now how can they learn more about your platform and stay connected to you
1: um, probably the best way is going to be Facebook. We have a Facebook page, It's um, Ed for Florida, all spelled that out, spelled out. Um, we also have a website, which is um, you can go to www.edforflorida.com or ednorain.com. That'll bring you to our website where we've got videos and pictures of different things. But you know, I try to be active with the the latest and greatest tools and social media. I have to admit, I'm getting rusty because you know I just got on the gram, as they say, a few months ago, and <laughs> uh, you know, don't even ask me what Snapchat is. Once well, my- Good news is like that, get on Snapchat. That's <laughs> some good news
0: for you. Instagram just up? stories, which is basically biting on Snapchat. So
1: all okay
0: maybe a couple features once you figure out instagram you basically kind of covered both
1: look man i can only do two social media platforms at one time so facebook and twitter and are twitter. <laughs> and, and i'm failing miserably at facebook nah man thank god nah. for me you <laughs> nah, you're good you're good
0: you're doing good for everyone yeah. listening i'll go ahead and post all of ed's links on our show notes page at tvpod.com ed thanks so much my brother
1: no thank you man i appreciate it all the best to you and your family
0: Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tbpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, or colleagues to listen to an episode that you think